welcome, yeah. welcome, Johnny. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you, thank you. And Johnny and I have known each other for many years, actually. We worked together <laughs> once, um, once upon a time ago. And I, how many years ago would you say it was, Johnny? I think it's, I think it's ten. Ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Let me work. I think Let's... I moved back to Scotland in 2000, 2010. So yeah. I would push yeah, for twelve. I would push for twelve. But yeah, ten to twelve years. Right. I think but... I've been in Berlin for five years now. Yeah. So um, yeah, we used to work together um, at just a pretty basic call center job. But um, there's yeah. there's a really cool picture that Johnny dug out not so not so long ago from when we <laughs> one of our first work days together. He's wearing his his Superman T-shirt, and I'm standing there with my usual colourful T-shirt or shirt, let's call it. And um, yeah. I, I like the you way you share that. I like the way you told the story, Johnny. Actually, because you're a big Superman yeah. fan, right? Yeah, I mean, I I grew up. Uh, loving comics and stuff um, from like the Beano and the Dandy to DC Marvel uh, the Hulk is like my my thing um, and Batman and Superman so it was I think was that the was that picture from the first night I met you on the night out the yellow night out so I think your memory is better than mine but it, it yes let's just say yes Possibly, oh, 12 years, yeah, it's a long, long time ago. Um, and I think I had the t-shirt on, I had the Superman t-shirt on, and when you came in, and it was our mutual friend, Phil. Um, big shout out to Phil, <laughs> if he's watching. Um, that introduced us, I think, and you are the, you, you were the double of uh, Brandon Routh, without the beard, obviously. Um, and I, because I had the Superman t-shirt on, I was like, right, I need to meet this guy properly. Um, and then we got chatting and yeah, kind of, it went well. So, <laughs> and you, you can see, I think you can see the joy in my face <laughs> in that picture. <laughs> I should have had it ready, shouldn't I, to show everyone. Um, I'll definitely, yeah. sh I'll, I'll definitely share it in the Discord afterwards. In, in cool. fact, I think it's already in the Discord. I think I shared it a week or so ago when I was kind of starting to promote yeah. this this episode. Right. <laughs> so yeah, the, the um, picture's great. We both look a yeah. lot younger. Um, I I didn't have yeah, a beard then. And um, then when I started streaming about four months ago now, I put something out on Facebook, and you were the yeah. you were the one of the only guys to respond to it because it turns out not many of my friends are into gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm fortunate that way quite, quite a lot of my friends do a game. I mean, the only, no, I wouldn't say the only, but one of the biggest um, contributing factors to all the friends I made down south and the friends I've got in the States and stuff, being able to chat on a regular basis is through gaming. So it's whether we're playing Far Cry or uh, Grand Theft Auto, so that's always hilarious. And we play online and we're on a group we're in we're in we club and stuff and you just get a chat away and you get to keep close with them i guess it's it's a really good a really good avenue to keep in touch with folk as well mm. 
So in, in case you're not aware, Johnny is, is Scottish. He is living in Glasgow. So if he says words like we, it means small. I mean small. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. If you need a translation, then we can try and do that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that cheat sheet for you. So you obviously have a lot so, of um, good good memories when it comes to gaming. Um, do, do you, think, yeah, it, do you mean, think it's been a good thing for you over the over the years? Yeah, it's it's all it's it's been a really a really positive experience for me. Um, I was thinking about this the other night how I was going to to phrase it. Um, the first the first thought I had was gaming was a, a really good release for me. Uh, no, not release escape was the word I was going to use. But to be honest, at that point life wasn't that hard. It was actually pretty good. So it wasn't more of an escape, but it, it was a, a kind of, it allowed me to use my imagination more than I was doing beforehand. So it was more of a, just a different avenue to express myself really. Um, but as life goes on, you go through school, you finish school, get your first job, or you go through college, uni, get your first job. Life becomes a wee bit more stressful and then it becomes an escape or a, a release for people, I think. Um, yeah. I hope you know what I mean. I hope I'm, I'm wording that okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the same for me. I remember coming home from work, the stress of that, and then just wanting to kind of um, zone out into a, a new world and play video games for a couple of hours. And it always kind of takes you out of your head and into the moment of whatever video game yeah. you're playing. So I, yeah. I, I completely feel you there. You obviously, you mentioned that gaming was an escape from work sometimes. Was work like a big stress for you or was there other things in your life that were causing you to kind of struggle, I guess, mentally? Yeah. Um, one, one of my jobs. I wouldn't say one of my jobs, pretty much all of my jobs up until recently have been pretty stressful. Um, I worked for um, a computing company, Hewlett Packard. I was a business development manager for them and it was very long days. So before I went to work, I was thinking about setting up calls with clients, uh, contacts, that kind of thing, uh, constant in work. And at the end of the day, I was still, still doing work. So, uh, yeah, kind of takes over your life. It's you kind of. I, I like to think I work to live, not live to work. Um, it's the way I kind of let, let. It's my kind of philosophy, if you like. You need. Life comes first. Family comes first. Friends come first. Work comes second. Um, you only get one chance at, at life, so enjoy it and don't take it too seriously. I guess. Um, so, gaming, in my current role, which is, is fine, uh, there's no, there's very little stress, I go to work, do my job, come home, that's, that was a big change. Sounds nice. It's four on, four off, shift pattern, so I do four days, four off, four nights, and then it rotates. So then with four days off, I get to stream, or see family, and, well not family and friends so much now due to COVID, thank you COVID. Um, but, yeah, it... It was stressful. It's less stressful now. Work-wise, yes. Um, 
there's always there's always something going on um family wise as well when i when i lived in reading about i think it was four or five months before we moved home we had no intention of moving home straight away um i had been offered uh, a role in a really good team and i got i got the job which was great great pay rise great incentives and stuff sarah was a development scientist for Cadbury at the time. She was doing a, she was taking a year out of uni, um, and Cadbury offered her to stay. They really enjoyed her working there, so we kind of decided to stay. That was the thing. Um, we loved our life down there, friends, and that were great. But we were obviously 400 odd miles away from family. But we went up uh, every couple of months. And at Christmas, when the, the, the end of that year, we uh, we travelled up, and it was a horrible, horrible day. We were supposed to drive at first, then we decided to get the train. So obviously, it makes it less of a journey. It's, it's normally between six and eight hours to drive from Reading to Glasgow, depending on traffic. So we decided to get the train. So we we got on the train. As soon as we sat down, we were told the train was cancelled. There was something wrong with the line at the Reading station. So I had to go on a different train and go to London, Euston, I think it was at the time, through a couple of different lanes or lines, and it took a bit longer than normal. Then when we got there, we'd missed our train, and we had to blag our way onto another train, which happened to be an upgrade, which was fine. We got on a, a Virgin Lini train. And I think we made it up, up to Glasgow about 11 hours later, kind of thing all in it should have been a, a much shorter journey so we got up um got a taxi from the station up to my mum's and my mum told us the news that but we got a cup of tea first obviously being being british and she told us that they had found a lump so it was in our kidney and um, they were going to operate on uh, Hogmanay, Scottish word for New Year's Eve. A new one for you guys. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how the, the whole cancer thing started. And over that period, we were only up for two weeks really through Christmas and New Year. But I contacted my boss at the time and she was really great. She told us that's okay, take as much time as you need. There's no need to rush back. I'll make sure everything's okay down here for you. Um, my mum went in, had the operation, and afterwards she was told, it's it's fine, you're good. Um, because it was inside the kidney and it wasn't outside, it, it couldn't go anywhere. They said they got all the, the cancer out and stuff, so all good. But she would be checked every six weeks get bloods and scans and stuff done which she did which they did and um i think it was about three weeks later sarah and i went back down to reading uh, when we got in home there was a letter it was my p45 <laughs> from yell um so i called up and my manager said it's okay it's just a mistake to worry about it you can come in on monday and that was great but it made us think uh, what's what's kind of more important um sarah's obviously got her mum and dad and her sister as well so she was missing them 
that is it's me, my mum, my brother, and my brother's family, obviously our family as well. So we, we kind of missed them and we realised that a lot when we were up. Um, so a couple of months later we decided to, to move back. And um, for a while everything was okay through the job changes and stuff, moving to Aberdeen, moving back to Glasgow. And about, I think it was about five years later, my mum had a, a pain in her knee. So she went to doctors. This was after she had the all clear kind of thing. Um, she went to doctors, doctor sent to physio. Physio, really good physio, friend of the family as well. Um, was working on her knee for a, a week or so. Uh, a couple of weeks later, they decided it wasn't working, it wasn't helping her out, so send her for a scan. And when she went for the scan, they found a lump in her knee. So sent her for a full body scan and ended up, it was um, in the, the bone. So it went from renal cancer, which normally affects your renal system, and attaches itself to, when it, when it evolves or when it changes, it, it, it attaches itself to bone. So it became a different type of cancer. So it was on her knee, on her ribs, on her lung, on her skull, and on her brain. So, yeah, big, big shock. Um, that was what maybe five, five or seven years ago. Um, so, mum, mum is still with us. Hi, mum. I think she might be watching. Hi, mum. Um, she's the strongest person I know. Um, Big time, big time, big influence on me, on my life, and my best friend, really. I can talk to her about anything. Uh, so she's still, the, the cancer that it turned into is uh, non-curable, as terminal. Um, stage four, I think she said it was. So there's, it's, it, it's not like an intravenous chemo, it's a, a tablet form of chemo. So she she takes it. She's on the, the tablets and all all other different medication due to the complications of chemo as well. Um, yeah. So, so the... it's she's on that for forever, really. It's she's managing it at the moment. Um, like I said, she's the strongest person I know. It, it, on the outside, it's she just kind of gets on with it. But I know it's there, and I know it's always in her mind. And it's always in her minds. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where the, like work, working, anything else that's going on is, is stressful. Yeah. And it affects you, but when it comes down to that type of thing, it, yeah, it, <laughs> you, you have less, you feel like you've got less control, right? Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. There's, I mean. If Sarah ever has a problem at work or with anything, I always try and fix it. It might not be the best thing to do, but I try and fix it. This I can't, and it frustrates something awful. I, it's indescribable. I'm sure there's there's people watching that have been through similar things. It's tough. I mean, it it's not even all about me. It's about my mum, mm. right? Um, the the what she's going through is just unimaginable to me it's hard thinking about it um which i do every minute every day um 
when other people talk about mental health, the way I always looked at it was like a, a medical, a, a medical mental health issue. Like, I don't even know how to describe it because I'm not really sure. Um, but it's, it's not the case. It's any, anything can cause, can cause mental health issues like stress, workplace, home, life. And it's up until recently, I kind of thought, well, I don't really have it that bad. There's a lot of people out there much worse off than me that have had a much harsher childhood and harsher life. Um, it, how, like, what right do I have to complain or what right do I have to be depressed or, or whatever? Um, but I've, I've kind of recently realized that I'm, I'm allowed to feel that way. And that's okay, and it's okay to talk about it, and it's okay to ask for help, you know? I think the most difficult thing is bringing yourself to that conclusion where you're allowed to ask for help. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't mean you're weak, it doesn't mean you're any less of a person, or, oh, you, I had to go for help, I had to ask for help, it's, it's fine, it's okay to do, you know? So this is... Um, you originally had the diagnosis, what, 10 to 12 years ago. Obviously, this is something that's yeah. been kind of on and off a lot since then. And you've, how how recently was it that you kind of realized that it's not something that you should be just dealing with yourself? About, I think it was six months ago. As recent as that. Um, like... <laughs> Just move, going back a bit uh, to put it into perspective, my my dad, my, my obviously my birth dad, um, was really mean and abusive and stuff. Uh, more so to my mum and my brother, because my brother was older. My brother's three years older than me, so they kind of they took a brunt of it. Um, and that's, that's that kind of set me up a wee bit to be. I know how a lot of, like you see it sometimes, if someone's had a rough upbringing, they tend to be a wee bit, not the same, but they're a wee bit kind of rougher on themselves and a wee bit rougher on maybe people they love. The way I look at it is, it makes me want to be a better person than that. I want to be better, do better, treat people better. Um, the stuff that my my dad and my mum's boyfriend at the time, not my mum's boyfriend anymore, um, put the family through, make, like I said, makes me want to be a better person. And I'm sure my brother's the same. And that kind of, that's the positive we took from it, even though it was all kind of negative. So when it comes to cancer, it's not just my mum, my, my auntie Pat passed away two years ago from cancer it was very quick as well um my auntie helen has cancer uh, her husband my uncle brian has cancer my grandfather died um with cancer and my my dad died i think 12 years ago um through a heart attack i think it was we i've not seen my dad since i was like seven i think so it wasn't a big thing and it didn't affect me very much i don't think that might change when I start thinking about stuff. Um, but with, with cancer, it, um, it made me realize that 
all those kind of times where I thought, oh, I'll go down next week and see my mum, or uh, I'd, I'd, I'll get with boys and I'll go down and see my mum next time, or, or whatever. It's like, you never know what day is going to be your last, and spend as much time with people you love that you can. And that's the most that's the most important thing is is friends and family. Like I said, work comes second. And if I can keep in touch with people more through gaming and streaming and especially through COVID, I mean you couldn't go to your pal's house and have a beer or have a a general chat just to catch up. Xbox gaming that kind of thing was was a great way to. To keep in touch hmm. um yeah that's what yeah. i was going to come back to you because you mentioned that you're thinking yeah. about this a lot so what other things do you fill your time with that might help you to because it doesn't help thinking about it right there's just think thinking about it is only going to create more anxiety more stress more um, yeah it's so have you found anything else that helps <laughs> to fill your time and like use your mind creatively rather than yeah um the, the biggest thing that's helped me is talking about it um i've recently started to talk to someone professional um it's just good to have someone to sit and listen and then give not just a oh that's a shame or oh and then someone else gives you their experiences which doesn't help you um, it's it's good to have that, and I, I'd recommend it to anyone. It's, it's brilliant. Most workplaces will have something in place for that type of thing. Uh, mine does. That's that's what I use. Um, I do, I do read a lot. I write as well, and any. I mean, we we spoke about this last week when we were actually we were playing No Man's Sky. Um, you asked me what type of games I like or what type of games I prefer. And I'll always go for something with a storyline over like a, like a football game or I don't know, like a first person shooter. If a first person shooter has a story mode, I'll play it. Not so much online, but I'll play a story mode. Grand Theft Auto was brilliant for it. The reason being, if I'm playing, let's say, Call of Duty um, and I'm just going through multiplayer and it's not with my policy, it's just online then it doesn't give my mind very much information to play with before I start thinking of other stuff in the background, like, unconsciously. So, having a game with a really good storyline, an engaging storyline, just takes you out of this moment, puts you into that moment, and allows your imagination just to develop and run, rather than congregate and hear and think about stuff, if that makes sense. Mm. Completely. Um, yeah. were there were there any kind of bad habits that you picked up during those perhaps the last few years that you realize um looking back now haven't didn't didn't serve you well or that you might have now and you you're kind of trying to get out of them um yes hard to admit but yes <laughs> um I don't know if this will make sense to anybody, but I'm a Taurus. So, <laughs> Tauruses are notoriously stubborn and strong-willed, apparently. 
I know the whole thing's just come out with the their, their star chart all being different and I'm supposed to be something else now, but a Taurus just describes me to a T. Um I'm pretty stubborn and I'm pretty I guess picky headed. Yeah, picky headed. Strong willed. Um if I let's say I find myself getting upset about something or angry about something and God forbid I have an argument with Sarah because of that. It only takes me seconds to realise I'm being an absolute numpty um, and I apologise and Sarah understands that. Stress, I think, causes... not I wouldn't say all people. I think it causes most people um, to kind of take it out on others. And it's not fair. It's not fair at all. So, if speaking to someone can help you that's what I'm looking for help you like do I say compartmentalize because that's not a good thing like compute in your brain how to deal with it and how to like kind of let it go is, is, is brilliant like you can't I don't think you can do it on your own I think if you try and do it on your own you're just going to make it worse I think you're just going to compound the issue that's, that's kind of the way i look at it yeah no it was um it was something that we had on the last episode of the podcast as well that um Equiside said having someone to speak to professionally who helps you to understand was the biggest thing for him that that really helped him so um yeah it's it's good to hear that you have kind of a similar thinking and it, it's helped you yeah. because um i think you can talk to friends and family people you trust but having someone who can professionally help you is also um something that everyone should consider if they if they feel like they are struggling right yeah i mean if if you've been dealing with it on your own for like your entire adult life or, or like life in general um you i think most people, for me personally anyway, I, I deal with it a certain way, right? I, I kind of go quiet and I don't want to stress other people out by talking about it. That's the way I kind of deal with it. Like, I don't want to stress people out. I don't want to let them know I feel this way. People might think less of me, but it took for me to say the things that I'm thinking to the person I'm speaking to and for them to go, well, what about this? And I'm like, Wow, I did not think about it that way. You're a hundred percent right, and I've been wrong this whole time. So, yes, it's it's good to have someone else who understands. Um, they might not fully understand where you're coming from because they've not had that experience, but they have the the training and the experience to be able to give you options to think about or to give you another avenue of thought. If that makes sense. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know where to go from that. that I mean, was my point. We we all experience life very uniquely. We only see it through our own eyes. Um so it's yeah. always good, even if it's um if it's a professional, if it's a friend, a loved one, to have that conversation, then they help you to see from different perspectives and hopefully help you to realise um something that's gonna help you. So Yeah. I mean 
being like younger with like my dad and stuff and I'll say my stepdad because he was my mum's partner for nearly 19 years not anymore he was he ended up being a fish <laughs> lately um it it caused me to have a lot of aggression when I was younger growing up not towards family and friends just I was I was a really angry individual right so when I was studying uh, I was studying interior architecture and interior design and one of my, my lecturers, really, really good friend now, still is, uh, Bob Brown, big shout out, and Morton Heggie, two lecturers. They took me aside and they said, you know when we are looking at your work, and we know you're really passionate about your work, right? Um, do you know that every time we pick one thing out, you growl at us? <laughs> so like, if no one knows what a growl is, if it's a Scottish thing, it's like an angry face. It's like, I don't know how to describe a growl. You'll know what it is, right? It's when you, you glare at someone as if you want to kill them. Right? <laughs> and that's that's the way I was. I was very protective over my work. The same way I'm over like my mum and my family and stuff, right? But it, I didn't realise it. I didn't realise how it was affecting like people around me. So it was... They, f they first mentioned that I went to the doctor at the time, I think it was in my early 20s, and they sent me for stress management um, and anger management. So it was basically speaking to someone, I didn't realise realize this at the time what it was until recently, I didn't realise what, what had actually happened. And she actually sent us for massages, and then I would go for a swim. And the change in my mood within days was unrecognisable. It was just, holy crap, is that still Johnny? You know? Wow. And from there, life, not life got better, but my attitude got better. Morton and Bob both, both said the same thing, that you're doing much better. Um, and I've, kept, I've, and I took, I've taken that a wee bit away with me as well through life. And if you looked at me when I was... 18 to 25 or 18 to 22 really and then after that you'd be like two different people when i first met sarah's mum and dad and her family <laughs> sarah's dead highly strong she's dead energetic regarding like working stuff and like just anything she's passionate about and now being or before all the kind of cancer and stuff happened um and work related stress i was a laid-back guy so i was like cool it's going to arm it's going to arm so don't worry about it kind of thing um so everyone said we'll probably just like even, even out. each other out which i think i think well sarah's maybe brought me a wee bit up closer to her level and i did drinks at <laughs> my level she'll probably agree if she hears that um but yeah talking talking to someone definitely helps um it's it's just another it helps you process things a wee bit differently you wouldn't have maybe thought about on your own and it really helps yeah and you mentioned two things there that helped you through your um angry phase let's call it uh, that is relaxation and exercise is that something that you continue yeah. with today yeah yeah big time big time um well not so much gym and swimming at the moment hopefully that changes uh covid permitting 
Uh, but it, I think when was it? Was I twenty-two when I started playing American football? That was that was after the stress management, um, and that really changed me as well. Played American football for five or six years, away West Coast Trojans, and I got a lot, a lot of aggression at playing that. Played my brother as well. He he joined the team. I think after my first game, he came to see one of my games and it's just like I need to I need to do this. Um, there's a really good, really good part of my life as well. Can always look back at. But the problem with that is, if you get injured and you stop playing, you still eat the same amount of carbs and protein <laughs> yeah. that you were before. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hence, being on Slimming World at the moment. Slimming World, nice. <laughs> which I really enjoy. Uh, which I really enjoy. That, that's another part of the thing as well. I got quite heavy um, coming down now, but you maybe not think about it when you see someone that's a bit overweight and you think, stop eating. It's not the same. It's not that. It's not that. It's it's much more difficult. People, I, I was stress eating. I was eating through boredom and for six years when you're basically training your brain to eat as much protein and then as much carbs before a game as possible it's hard to get out of that routine yeah and it just becomes a norm yeah and i hurt my back and my hip my brother hurt his both knees so great game yeah <laughs> just keep yourself safe while you're playing it <laughs> okay yeah so yeah. That, that, I mean, that's another kind of way in which people deal with these types of things. As you say, it's um, it's food, it's finding comfort in that type of thing. But it sounds yeah. like you're um, you're you're making steps to. I mean, you do look you you, you look you look slim. Um, you're looking good, dude. Maybe it's because you I shaved can't... your head. <laughs> <laughs> just that's that's the only way it's went. It's just the hair. My hair was really heavy at the time. To be honest, whenever I get my hair cut, it makes me look slimmer, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, honestly, seeing a trimmy beard as well, my face looks much slimmer. But no, I, I dropped uh, six stone in eight months through Slimming World. And if anyone has an eating thing or they're like, oh, I don't do diets, I don't do well on diets, I thought the same. Sarah started doing Slimming World before me and I was like, see all the, the counting, the, the, the sins they call it, and all this kind of stuff, it's just too much hard work. I, I, I can't really be bothered. But see now, like, maybe two months into it, you don't actually, like, proactively count sins or count what you're eating. You just know what everything costs sin-wise. And I eat more now than I did before. I just eat more of the the, the right things. So the stuff that your body needs that, rather than yes, the waste. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost pretty much four stone with no exercise. And it's not because I wasn't eating anything. It's because I was eating more. So I was feeling my body the right way. I felt healthier. I felt fitter, obviously, but mentally as well. I didn't have that on my mind all the time. And it was, it was a big, a big help for me as well. Nice. Yeah. Good job with that. Thank you. Still going. Kinda. No, I'm... <laughs> it, you know what? Saying that, because of the classes, we used to go to a class every every week, 
Um, so you go, you'd meet everyone that's already there, you get to know them, you be friends with them, that kind of thing. You'll be met some really good friends here. And you get weighed, and you groan as a group and say, how'd you go on this week? And I would say, I've lost two pounds, three pounds, or a couple of weeks in a row, I lost like eight pounds in a week kind of thing, just because I was like sticking to it properly. Um, and if you put some on, it's cool, because you know how to change your, your eating for the next week kind of thing. It teaches you how to maintain rather than just lose weight quickly, like some other diets would do. So it allows you to, it teaches you how to cook proper. Sarah and I cook from scratch pretty much all the time anyway. Um, I've learned a lot from Sarah cooking wise. I'm sure she's learned some things from me. Just, just like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it, yeah, it's a good thing, yeah. not a bad thing. And I'm not promoting it, I don't get paid for it. It's just that it did change our life so thank you for that i mean i could say exactly the same thing i i moved to a vegan diet maybe yeah four or five years ago and that was at a time where i was probably my most unhealthy and it just completely right. changed everything i lost weight without trying to lose weight and i've yeah i i because you are if you if you do it right you do cook things from scratch you use um fresh fruit and vegetables x y and z and like yeah. you're putting everything that you need into your body rather than putting any additional waste or calories that are not serving you so it definitely helps and as you said yeah. that helps you mentally as well because your body and mind are connected if you're if you're putting yeah. rubbish in your body, then it's going to feed into your mind, and and vice versa. A hundred percent agree with that. See if um, let's say we, we treat ourselves right, and it's not even really a treat because you feel horrible after it. Let's say yeah. we get a takeaway, right? Like when when we cook from scratch, obviously everything's really healthy. It's perfect, right? You feel much better. I'm much more energetic. Um, mentally, I feel better. I feel just chilled. But see, even if we, let's say we're busy, we can't, we've not got time to cook, or Sarah's the long day, she's she's wanting to seven o'clock, I come home at half six. Like, pff, the thought of cooking something from scratch just, yeah, too, too hard to think about. So we'll order food, right? And it's like, we'll have something maybe not so healthy just as a retreat. But see, an hour later, we feel crap. Yeah. Like, rubbish. Like we're lethargic and just your system does to work the same. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not a good thing. Maybe maybe once in a while, like if we we'll treat ourselves. We'll go we'll go for a wee weekends here and there. Uh, last weekend we went to a place called Portavadi on Loch Fine. A beautiful hotel. The marina restaurants absolutely gorgeous. The views are just stunning and the food is amazing. But it's really really nice food it's not like it's not fi it's the, the menu is kind of vast so you can you can pick and choose but didn't feel lethargic after that because it's it's nice kind of cooking rather than just a I don't know chips and curry sauce with fried rice and whatever or msg loaded <laughs> deep fried prawn crackers ah it's it's not it's not good for you not up here or down there hmm. 
Poison in my belly. Not anywhere lower than that. <laughs> okay. That okay. Good. Good. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it sounds like you've made um, a lot of good progress over the last, I don't know, six months. Yeah, um, I mean, through COVID was tough because we didn't have the whole one-to-one -one with everybody. Um, it was we're doing Zoom calls. We still got to see how people were doing and stuff, and got to say hello and that. But it just it wasn't the same. We didn't have the same kind of incentive. So now that it's kind of back, it's much better. And like I said, that's the whole connection thing with people talking to people, not just try to deal with it yourself. Yeah. So you would say, yeah. how how would you say you are kind of um, feeling now on a compared to when you were maybe struggling the most over the last ten years? You in a good? You doing good? There, as opposed to way down where the camera kind of see where I was before. Much better. Amazing. Much better. Yeah. I've actually recently became a union rep and work as well to help other people. Um, the reason for that was beforehand I was asked to do it and I said no. I just don't have the time for it and I don't really want to stress. But now feeling better about myself and better about life in general, I was like, no, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to do. Being able to help someone that didn't have that option in the first place um, makes me feel better about myself and being able to help people. Good. Yeah, I think that's enjoying a, it as well, actually. I think that's a really good indication of where you are. If you are feeling like you're in a position to help others, that's a very good. Yeah. Because they say that you should help yourself first. And if you're not in a, if you don't love yourself and if you're not feeling good in yourself, then you can't really give or give love to others uh, in a meaningful way. So it feels like you're, sounds like you're, you're kind of there and you're able to yeah. give back, which is, which is, which is great. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to put it. Yeah. Nice way to put it. I think, I think you've cut, co you covered so many really good learnings throughout this whole conversation talk to people yeah. if you need to make sure you see professional help like yeah. exercise eat well um find something that you're passionate about to kind of take up take up your time take up your mind time i guess creatively yeah. i think they're all really good really good learnings for people to take away yeah i mean I think I, I used to have really bad issues with getting to sleep as well because I just couldn't calm my mind. So just instead of being stressed and then go to bed and then trying not to be stressed, it doesn't work. Wind down, wind down, chill, watch watch a program you like watching with, with your family, have a wee bit of quiet time, no TVs in the bedroom, and just chill out. That's, yeah. Life's too short to be stressed out. Yeah, it's easier said than done, but yeah, I think in an ideal time. in an ideal evening for me looks like turn off technology an hour before bed, kind of yeah. get myself clean, ready for bed, brush teeth, wash face, set a bit of self care, maybe yeah. read a book, and then yeah, get into bed, um, and you're feeling kind of a lot more ready to sleep. I could talk about yeah. sleep all day. We we had a long conversation about this on stream the other day, so maybe we'll save that for a, a, another another, uh, another podcast. But sleep is absolutely important, yeah. and there's lots of good sources of information around 
how to get a good night's sleep. Let's let's finish up. Um, and to end the podcast, I always like to ask the same question. That is, if you're a character from a video game, who would you be and why, Johnny? I've struggled with this. Okay, everyone says that. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I've played so many different characters game-wise. I think... The, the, the one that always pops up when I'm thinking about the question is uh, Master Chief from Halo. Okay. Not because he's awesome, not because he's like seven foot four and strongest thing alive. And <laughs> it's because if if you've ever looked at the Halo storyline, right, there's a cartoons, there's a, the CGI movies as well. And there's a recent one on, uh, I think it was Netflix, and it was, what was it called? I can't remember. I will remember later on. Um, he was basically chosen as a an infant and thrown into like battle training. Um, he had to survive, like basically fight to survive to a point where um, I think they, they enhanced him. So he obviously grew, got bigger, got stronger, blah, blah, blah. And... Through all the Halo games, he just, he just does it, you know, like, he's thrust into adversary, he's, he's like, oh, but I'm going to go and save the university, I'll be back later for dinner, <laughs> kind of thing, it just gets on me, it doesn't, like, moan about it, it doesn't, like, oh, God, do this, or whatever, it's just, he knows what his job is, he knows he's just got to do his best, and that's it, kind of thing, and I kind of feel the same way. I'm not a Master Chief. I don't think I'm brilliant, right? I don't think I'm like a savior of the universe. It's just I, I tend to just try and get on with it rather than moan about it, <laughs> if that makes sense. He just does his best. And I think that's all we can all really do is just do our best. Works well for me. That's a good answer. And that's why I love this question because there's so many different types of answers that come out of this. Thank you so much, dude. You've been very open, very honest, and I'm very grateful for having you here.